bless you and we praise you and we magnify you. You certainly are worthy to be praised. So we thank you. Bless you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the former and the latter reign together, okay? The former and the latter together because we are in that season uh, of um, the reign of God. Uh, this whole um, dispensation that we live in, and when I say that, I mean a dispensation of the glory of God and the Holy Spirit, um, that we are living in now is thought to be a latter rain uh, era in the church. Um, the rain, initial rain, of course, was the Old Testament and what the things that happened there, the revelation that God's people were given about God in that dispensation or that release of knowledge about God to the earth was a former rain. In other words, the former rain uh, in in the harvest season in Israel was the uh, happened in the springtime where the ground was wet enough to receive seed. So when he talks about the former rain, and then there was a latter rain that came right before it was harvest time to make sure that uh, that ground was watered, the seed that was already in the ground was watered, and that season lasted long enough for those crops to mature, and then the harvest came in. Well, what God has promised is that the former and the latter would come together. And so this is how you get the Amos 9.13 revelation where the the plowman overtakes the reaper. So instead of there being a period of waiting between, you know, when the ground gets wet and then you put the seed in there and then there's a waiting period, if you read, a, a, if you buy a packet of seed, some kind of flower, vegetable, whatever, they'll tell you that it'll grow in so many weeks or months or whatever it is. Or you should see something in this. Well, in in the... uh um, Amos 9:13 Revelation. There's no time lag there, so time is taken away. And in other in other words, anytime time is taken away, that means that God is in total control of the goings on. And this is really a marvelous thing. That's what we want. We want what well, we say we want. Let me put it to you that way. Um, um, there is there is a place where man makes himself available to God and God works through us like with the anointing say for instance if we're having a healing service and and there is an anointing to heal and this was the ministry of Jesus we saw him lay hands on the sick he would speak to their infirmities, there were, there are, that is a legitimate ministry, in other words. That's the, I call it the Luke 4 anointing. The Spirit of the Lord of God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach deliverance to the captive, covering of sight to the blind. It's done through your word, your preaching, and there's human effort exerted there, at least to the degree that the Holy Spirit will allow us to work with him in that fashion. But there is a place beyond that 
that we call the glory of God, where we believe the former reign, which you could say uh, Jesus's ministry was the end of the former reign. Even though it was a dispensation of grace, but it was the same Holy Spirit. But now he's working not just through the priest and the prophet and the king, but now he's working through all who believe to do the things that he does. Like when when we go out and minister to people like we did last Saturday, that's a believer's anointing that we're all working under, well, except for the the ministers, but still there's not a whole lot of difference, you know, when it comes to what the people receive. See, I operate as a believer when I leave out of here. I'm a believer in a great sense because I identify not just to help people from the pulpit, but I identify with the every common day, every everyday person to minister to them. Now, my anointing has to be greater because I have more responsibility than than believers do. But out on the street, I'm just like you and me. You understand what I'm saying? There's no robe. There's no pulpit. There's no mic. There's no nothing. Just me and my faith and my ability to help people through what God releases to me. So the the latter rain, to a degree, you could say, is the believer's anointing, and it's also the anointing on the church or the fivefold under that ministry of Jesus, under the Luke 4 anointing. That God, though, promises something greater than that, and we saw that to a degree in the book of Acts, where now all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is poured out on all flesh, and all flesh can receive what God's doing. If they can obey what the Spirit of God is telling them to do under that power. And that's where the big mystery is sometimes, is reading the things of the Spirit. You notice that in uh, Acts chapter 2 where Peter said, this is that. So there has to be a gift to interpret the goings on under this type of power. And so then the interpretation gifts get to be of huge value when there's movement of the spirit that needs to be interpreted. For instance, Catherine Kuhlman was one of those people who could interpret the spirit as he moved in those meetings because other than that, God can be moving and wanting to do things, but nobody can tell what he's doing because nobody knows how to interpret and can pick up in the spirit what needs to be spoken into that atmosphere so that it can happen and come to pass. And so she relied on the Holy Spirit 100% to tell her what was going on and to tell her how to keep that move going. And so this is what we live for as believers. I don't know about you, but I know we don't have enough power. If we could go out and win whoever's on that street corner today wholesale, if we had the keys and understanding how to move with that power, number one, how to get the power in here, number two, how to move with it, how not to grieve the Holy Spirit by trying to do the old stuff we used to do under the new power, which is a whole different set of understandings. But but 
the time is coming now where these things will be well known. They will be known by everybody. You get me? So now we're, we're, we're feeling our way through and trying to get understanding of how to maintain a move of God, how to, and, and you do these things by faith. There's no guarantee that, you know, you get up here and say something that it's definitely going to work, but you believe it is because God's not playing with us. You know, we, we see what's coming. We know what's needed. We know where we're headed. And so if we can all poise ourselves to, to stay in that zone where we're attentive to God and not distracted by a lot of different things, I think we'll get there. You know, we'll, we'll get there in, in times and places, but I know that the whole body of Christ is to get there because it, it would have to be that because it's happened already. See, if you read Acts, the book of Acts, you'll see it's happened already. So what we're trying to do is believe God for that and then some. Because what we have uh, now is we've got tons more believers than they ever had. They were just getting started back then. So we've got a whole lot more believers loosed in the earth and so we need something that everybody can grab onto, know how to minister under it, know how to believe God in it, and not just be, you know, dumb and stumbling and, and not knowing what to do. So that's what, what we need. We need more interpretation gifts, um, which is part of, of the prophet's office. It's prophecy, but it's interpretation of spiritual events. Not predicting and not, you know what I'm saying. Uh, let me think, how do I want to say this? Interpretation of what the Spirit is saying at the present time. You know, not trying to read your mail or promise you a car. We're not talking about that. We're talking about when God shows up in an atmosphere, what do you speak into that atmosphere? To get the effect that God wants. If you've been desiring, if somebody's standing in front of you and you've been desiring to see them delivered, you can speak deliverance to that person and it's not just flipping their mind around and giving them a happy idea, but it is power that drives out demons. You got me? And so we, we need to understand what we're headed toward. And I believe it's here in measures that we can can handle it. But we need to be attentive to know what God wants to do. Uh, we need to know when it's a hands-off thing and when it's a hands-on thing. Because to me, that's the most striking difference, that we have the discipline to let God move and not think we have to be the one to get to touch into it and want to lay hands on everybody and, and jump and shout and dance and run around and and uh, lose where God's going with this. So it has to be a very respectful um, attitude toward the presence of God. It has to be very uh, attentive to, okay, God, you showed up. Now what do you want to do? I'm not going to do anything until you tell me. If you tell me not to move, I won't move. You got me? And so it takes a lot of discipline because look at what the church does when we get together. 
everybody got a prophecy for somebody everybody got a word for somebody everybody's got this and that so we're gonna have to get rid of some junk folks you understand we're just gonna have to stop and let god do what he does what he wants to do it's an honor to be clothed in the presence of god the baptism in the holy spirit is an honor Amen. And and so the Bible says he clothes us with dignity and with honor. And so that's what we want to wear as our clothing and not get involved in any shenanigans or antics that, that you know, would, would turn off the Holy Spirit and stop the flow of the power of God. We want the power of God to flow. So um, in um, Zechariah chapter 10, it says here, and, and this is something that we need to know we can do. He says, 10 verse 1, ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. So we need to ask God for it. We need to ask him like we ask for revival. What does that mean? That means an outpour of God's spirit and of his power. And so shall the, he make bright Make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone grass in the field. So everyone who asks for this can have it. Everyone who asks for it can have it. Allow the power of God to rest upon you and, and for him to be, be able and begin to speak to you things that you will utter for his glory and to help humanity. Got me? Uh, we won't have this situation where we thought somebody was saved and they never showed up at church. You'll have a situation where people hunger for God every day because the, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit has really come into their lives. You'll have to have seeker-friendly churches where you just don't preach the gospel anymore and you think people are going to get saved by soaking or soaking it up or something like that. It has, we have to follow through on God's instructions to declare and to preach and to tell people what God has done for you. That's, that's the way we used to do it. Used to give our testimony and let people know how powerful God is, you know? And so, um, we need to, to understand the things that God is expecting us. We still must preach the gospel, but we will do it from a, a different realm of power where God has promised more. He has promised the power to get the job done and get it done right. Uh, so much of what we've done in the church has got man's handprints all over it. You know, uh, um, you know how sometimes the <laughs> little detectives will, oh, we got to protect the crime scene and then we can't find them. There's no fingerprints here. That person really cleaned up. Well, we can't say that about what's messed up in the body of Christ. It's got man's fingerprints all over it. Amen. We've got people who have, have, uh, made, made up whole false ministries, deliverance ministry and this ministry and that ministry out of their imaginations. Because yet there is no sign that God is working with them, confirming his word with signs following. Nothing is there. 
So we've got to get out of this imaginary playground mentality and get into the real. God, this person isn't healed. Uh, I prayed for them and they're still, what, what do I do? What, how do I get this done? You gotta show me something more. See, when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, he promises to fill us. Now that's a promise that'll definitely get answered. You got me? You hunger and thirst for the right thing and God is right there with you. His presence will be so real you don't care if your bills get paid. You just know they will. God, I ain't getting put out. You told me I would not be uh disappointed, that I won't be uprooted from what you've given me. So I'm going to go out and work for you, and I could care less about what these people are saying about natural things. You understand me? Because this ain't my home anyway. So we have to get to the place where we put first things first, all of these things we think we're waiting on, um, you got to understand they're on the way. They're either in process, on the way, or God heard you, or they're on the, the, the next train coming. You got to put it, you got to get yourself to the place where you understand it's yours. It's yours by faith. When you need it, it'll be there. And, and quit bugging God about every little thing and keep your mind stayed on what the job is down here. And that is to accomplish for God. In Habakkuk 2, you'll turn there, you know that's our scripture, our ministry scripture. Praise God. I know you're all familiar with it, so praise God. The vision <clears throat> that is talked about here is for an appointed time and it it's it's gonna tarry but it will be here it will get here why because it's a vision from god he showed it to his people already and he says this is the vision in habakkuk 2:14 the whole earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the lord as the waters cover the seas so people will know it's God. It won't be guessing. It will be a knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. And that's one thing. That's that's kind of like um, a safeguard for us. That God promises that you'll know that it's him and you'll know what he's doing when you're in his glory. Because all you have to do is allow your heart to inquire into the spirit of God as to what is going on. You'll know it's God. You won't doubt it's God. You know, I noticed when uh, at the, this last conference when God started pouring out little bit every night, little bit every night, little bit every night, getting people acclimated. It's, he was he was he was blessing us by condescending to us. And giving us knowledge little bit by little bit so that we could accept it, we could handle it, we could kind of understand it. It wasn't just, well, let's just get this over with and I'm waiting to get to the buffet, you know, or I'm waiting to get in the back where my meal is for the night so I go to bed. I had enough of this. It wasn't that way. And I could tell with people because... It, it seemed to me, I, I, the third night, I was thinking, like I said, man, God, we've been here too long. You know, you know, your mind. I'm, I'm just telling you, honest. I'm being honest with you. my mind messes up just like everybody else's does. 
And I'm thinking, God, I don't want to keep these people here any longer. I know they get sick of me with this impartation stuff. But I did it anyway. And I'm glad I did. Because I don't know what would have happened if I hadn't done it. You understand what I'm saying? Praise God. You have to be true to your own word. You can't stand up there and lie to yourself in front of God and say, we're going to do this. God said, do this every night. So anyway, but but these are the things that you have. You have to keep yourself out of it. That's all I'm saying. And it's a good discipline to get into just learning how to obey what God tells you to obey and quit it. Amen. Just do what he tells you to do. Uh, Now, listen, God is forgiving. We all make mistakes, but there's a place where we have to learn from the last ones and don't goof it up. You understand what I'm saying? And so, but there is a place where God now has our attention and he, he wants to give us more. He wants the glory to rest on each and every one of us in the fullest extent that it can rest. April, come here. The Lord keeps telling me to, to do something with you that, that you would carry it so that you can, where's, thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You like this stuff, don't you? Yeah, sure, sure. You're supposed to. So father, we just bless her with your glory. That when she goes out ministering to people, as she does, there will be a new outpouring from her, a new power release through her. There it goes. See, no touch, and she can get, see, then it's not a point of contact with my hands anymore. Isn't that wonderful? So (laughs) we don't need no stinking preacher, huh? Uh, but you know what I'm saying? It's something now. It's more intimate between her and God. This is strictly between her and the Lord, where she knows it's real and she can draw from it because she knows God gave it to her directly. You got me? And so it's it's something that's personal like that that we'll begin to carry. Each and every person will carry their own uh, uh, deposit that God specifically designed for her for what he's called her to do, for the work that he's, the work of the ministry that he has for her, for the companionship. It's not just for work. The glory is for whatever you need personally and also for the work of the ministry. So it's the the manifest presence and goodness of God going everywhere with you at, at, at any time you can draw from it. And see, that's the best part of it is that God has considered us worthy now because we've given him enough attention. I can't tell you how important being attentive to him is. Just, just knowing he's there, acknowledging his presence. Um, and that's, that's, that's the Catherine Kuhlman model. That's what she did. Now, listen, people, don't get it twisted, people. God does this for anybody who's hungry. It's not, you know, people say, oh, well, she left everything. She was a broken woman. Hey, I qualify and you qualify. Everybody's broken when it comes to needing something from God. 
So it wasn't like, you know, see, people take take what they know about somebody instead of God, what God tells them about somebody or what they think they know about your situation. And they'll put it off limits to the the me and the you type people, you know, the ones who just, you know, I told Pastor Shirley, I said, I said, you know, we're going to have to we gonna have to do something. We gonna have to do different text messages. <laughs> I would get up in the morning and text her. I said, I stink. She said, me too. I said, I don't care. She said, me neither. I said, we're going to have to stop that now. We're going to have to shape up. <laughs> God might use us. <laughs> he can't use two stink old ladies. we got <laughs> to clean up our act here. You understand what I'm saying? But if he can use just people who are every day managing life, think what he can do with you. Huh? I mean, seriously. So this is for all who will believe. It's not for, you know, somebody who just has such a hard life and she lived with God 24-7, all that kind of stuff. I don't know what she did. She had time enough to have a couple boyfriends and get married again. So, hey, she way ahead of me. Hey, you understand what I'm saying? So anyway, but but just keep it normal, folks. Just keep it normal. You're a believer. You qualify. Expect more from God. Expect what you need to get the job done. You see what he says in in uh, Mark 16. Go ye into all world, preach the gospel. And God with, worked with them. You want him to work with you, confirming his word with signs following. Amen. Amen. So and then then God will when you when God starts when his glory starts to manifest on you, there'll be certain signs, uh, you know, that he's there. Uh, Sometimes I'll start to think about it and I'll start to feel a warmth and a tingling coming into my arms and hands. Those kinds of things. Those are our awakenings where he's letting you know this is me and this is what I want to give you and this is how I'm going to start manifesting with you and in you. So pay attention. That's the best thing I can tell you to do is pay attention. So he says the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. The knowledge of his glory. They will know how to get people healed. They will know how to speak into the spirit to do the things God wants. They will know what the spirit is doing when he moves in an atmosphere. All of those things will be known. The suspension of time is the other important aspect of it, I believe. I just noticed that, that people could could care less about how long it's been. They quit rumbling and, and moving around and stirring around. Because God finally has everybody's attention. So when his glory shows up, he is center stage. He doesn't have to worry about what you do because you ain't interested. Got me? So God takes care of all that. You get great help in the glory of the Lord. So Zechariah 10, he tells us to ask for it, and he'll give it to us. So we don't have to wait. We can ask for rain to make the harvest ripe. Even though people have gone astray, God wants to gather them back to his presence, to his manifest glory. He wants to gather people back to him. That includes you and that includes me. 
And Joel 2, if you'll turn there, in verse, in in the first part of Joel, there's controversy about who this army of, of, of soldiers are being talked about, but I believe it's talking about the army of God. Many of the things in the Bible can be interpreted both ways. You can see a natural, um, a natural, um, manifestation or get a natural understanding and a spiritual. But two, one starts, it says, blow the trumpet in Zion. You know this one. We, we used to sing this song a lot back in the day. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord comes and it's nigh at hand. A day of darkness, gloominess. We see a lot of that. A day of clouds and thick darkness as the morning spread upon the mountains. A great people and strong. There has not been ever the light before. And we believe that's talking about God's people, the army of the Lord. Neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. A fire devours before them and behind them a flame burns. The land is as a garden of Eden before them and behind them a desolate. So what this is saying is that God's people are headed toward glory. What's before you is like the garden of Eden and what's behind you is being burnt up. So there's no turning back. In other words, when God starts this move of God, there will be no turning back because there won't be anything back there. Praise God. All them prophecies we got about all the mansions and all the stuff, it's burnt up. So you won't have any distractions in going forward. All you can think about is what's ahead because there's nothing pulling you back into the world. Won't that be a great day? You don't know how it pains me to see all the people who come through here on fire for God and then the devil get them snared into something stupid. And then you don't hear from them anymore. You know, well, that's we've had enough of that. Getting caught up in the cheap stuff. So that's not going to even be a problem anymore. God will take care of all the distractions, all the nonsense. You won't have anything left to go back to. God will deal with it. The appearance of them is as appearance of horses and horsemen, so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains, they'll leap. Like the noise of a flame of fire that devours a stubble, a strong people set in battle array. Before their face, the people shall be much pained. In other words, Everybody that makes fun of believers won't be doing it anymore. We'll run like mighty men, climb up the wall like men of war, march everyone in his ways, and they shall not break their ranks. Praise God. His people will be very careful as what they do in the presence of the Lord. And so he says, <clears throat> neither shall they thrust one another. No jealousy. No, I'm an apostle, you're an apostle, everybody's an apostle, apostle, be none of that stuff. They'll walk everyone in his path, and when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. In other words, this is an invincible army. They shall run to and fro in the city, run upon the wall, climb upon the cell. Every place that you go, you will overtake it, 
you will be in control of it and they'll enter the windows as a thief. There will be no barriers to you when you carry the glory of God. The earth shall quake before them. Heavens will tremble. The sun and moon shall be dark. The stars shall withdraw their shining. And the Lord will utter his voice before his army for his camp is very great. In other words, there's more of us than they are of the devil's crazy people. Uh For he is strong that executes his word. For the day of the Lord is great and terrible and who can abide it? So. The Lord will begin to show mercy, <clears throat> and, and this is a time to repent, it says, from 12 down through 14. It says God may may repent and leave a kindness or leave a blessing to you. Behind him, verse 14, even a meat offering, a drink offering to the Lord your God. So this is a time to encourage people, listen, stop sinning. I mean, it ain't too late for you to come into God's protection. Are you kidding me? It's never too late. He says, blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast call, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation. In other words, it's time for holiness preaching. It's not time for everybody get a Cadillac or everybody get this or everybody get that. If you ain't got it by now, just forget about it. You got something better waiting in heaven. Amen. He says, spare the people, O Lord. Don't give your heritage to reproach. Amen. So these people who are backslidden and don't want to show their face anymore in the house of God, you know the ones that get on Facebook and like you? Yeah, them. They need to repent. They think they can get close to God by liking somebody who's serving God. Stop it. He says, the Lord will be jealous for his land and piteous people. Yea, the Lord will answer and say to his people, behold, I will send you corn, wine, and oil, and you shall be satisfied. In other words, this ain't just a spiritual move. This is a move that's spiritual, and it takes care of your material needs so you won't get distracted and get off the job and start wondering about it. The Bible says no soldier fights a war at his own expense. Whoever hires you pays your bills. You just keep fighting. Amen. You keep going. You keep fighting. You keep doing. Verse Joel 2.23. He says, be glad then you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain moderately. And he will cause to come together for you the rain. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And that's the month of planting. So you got harvesting rain and planting rain all at the same time. And the floors will be full of wheat. Your vats will overflow with wine and oil. wonder why God keeps repeating that. Because he knows that's the devil's biggest hindrance against his people is stealing your stuff or threatening your stuff or trying to make you think he God's not going to give you stuff. No matter what you did, remember the last stuff? You jacked up that God gave you? Well, he's going to give you more stuff. Because he knew he was going to jack it up when you he gave it to you. In other words, your daddy can give you more stuff than you can jack up. Now, see, listen, religion has kicked in. See, I know it kicks in every time you mention a statement like this. Ah, but you ain't God. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. 
See, low thoughts is, oh, well, I didn't do what I was supposed to do with that last money God gave me, so he ain't going to give me this low. When you go low, he goes high. <laughs> See, that got all of y'all. All y'all Michelle Obamaites. <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. But uh, he goes high in his thoughts. Low thoughts are thoughts to punish you when you do wrong. That would be a violation of his covenant on his part. He don't violate his covenant. But you know what the devil will do to you and your crazy brain? He'll make you think God's like that. And God's never treated you like that. You got no cause to think about God in those terms. But you'll sit up and rob yourself of your future thinking you deserve to be punished because you weren't faithful with the last thing he gave you. Well, keep living. Guess what? You're going to do it again. And if you want to live in condemnation, see, condemnation, let me tell you what it does. It puts you in a box that you can't get rid of because you think God puts you there. So what happens is you stay in the box and you keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again. And you get deeper in the box. Well, you know, I'm just going to beg God for this and see if he's going to do something for me because I done messed up. That's how that's how people get back on drugs after having been clean and served God for years. There's something trips them up and they get in their head. See, number one, we got a goofy idea of righteousness anyway. We think it's us. We always think it's us. What we do, I don't do this, I don't do that, I don't do that. Uh, you don't lie either, do you? Huh? So we always boil it down to us, our good behavior. Because it hurts our feeling to know that God don't need nothing we do. Hmm. Hmm. True. It's all a blessing. It's all his grace, unmerited. You can't earn this. You try to earn it, you'll wind up with nothing. So we let the devil back us into a corner with what we didn't do right for the umpteenth time. Uh-huh. You watch people, them people that, that start getting mad at people out of nowhere. You understand what I'm saying? Just They've been condemned so long ago. You understand what I'm saying? The devil's pushed them into such a corner. Now all they think about is their faults, other people's faults. So they will point the finger at you now because you're doing this wrong. And they come into church inspecting everybody for sin. It's like, let me see what you got. <laughs> Picking, looking at you. Ooh, she did this, she did this. <laughs> They don't even, they're not even in the kingdom. They're so far out of it. Because they thought they were righteous on their own good behavior and then screwed up. And then the devil put them in jail. They've been in there ever since. Do yourself a favor. Let them stay in there. Don't walk that road with them. There's nothing you can do for people like that. They need to get in their Bible so they can get themselves out. There's hope for them, but you ain't the hope. Amen. 
You ain't that strong because you don't know what God's plan and you don't know when the key is going to be given to them to get out of there. Because some stuff you need to live with because you like it. Huh? Huh? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And they who love it will eat the fruit thereof. People like wickedness, they'll eat the fruit of wickedness. Huh? You like slandering people and and complaining about people and lying on people, you eat the fruit of that. Huh? Don't get yourself in jail. Because the glory of God is pouring out in such a way that the power of God will take care of you in such a way. How do you think the apostle Paul could get up and say, none of these things move me? He got beat up everywhere where he went. Most of us couldn't stand it if somebody quit speaking to us for five minutes. You understand what I'm saying? They flogged him and for, for no reason. And then he asked God to take it away and he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Oh, well, like I said, <laughs> don't take it away. Whatever. I don't know. I don't even know what to ask anymore. Oh. Surely God would remove that. Sometimes we have to settle it in that. Our, his grace is sufficient. It didn't kill me. I'm still here. Huh? Well, it's painful. You're still here. It didn't kill you. Huh? You can function. (laughs) Excuse me. Sometimes you have to look for grace minute by minute, day by day. Sometimes it's like that. You understand what I'm saying? We don't like that, but sometimes it's like that. So you just have to roll with it because God is bigger. And you know he's there. He's always been there for you. He's going to be there for you even now. And just allow God's grace to sustain you through difficulties. He says you'll get the former and the latter in one month. Your floor shall be full of wheat. Your vats overflow with rest. So don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, where you're going to live. God will always take care of that. So you're supposed to be glad and full of joy and laughter. That's why you see that in the glory of God. Whenever there's an outpour of the glory of God, you see laughter. Now, that's not the only thing that goes on for all these counterfeit movement people. It's a part of what goes on. There are different manifestations, and God will give you, if it's legit, and how to interpret it. You see, like uh, Miss Clydell rolling around on the floor, the holy roller thing. You understand what I'm saying? All of those, that's the former and the latter together. Because what that was typical of the activity, how the Holy Spirit manifested on people or how they responded to the Holy Spirit in different times past. So you'll see many of those manifestations again. Amen. And so, but, but somebody's got to stick in there and connect with God to be able to interpret those things correctly. 
because people will start thinking that everybody's supposed to do that. Or you understand what I'm saying? It can get goofy real quick. And so just, just be thankful and understand these things that God's opened up understanding to us. And I'm thankful. Amen. So our floors will be full of wheat. Our vats will overflow with wine and oil, oil symbolizing the power of the Holy Spirit. Also oil symbolizing uh, a return of youthfulness. The Bible talks about oil to make your face shine. Amen. In other words, it will bring about that, that countenance of youthfulness among the people. Sign me up for like three big doses of that. Huh? Lubricate your joints and all that other stuff. You know, you get up and you get it, you get slower and slower every time you get up. I said, you know what? Devil, I'm going to jump up before you get a chance to grab me. <laughs> and I'll restore to you the years that the locust have eaten. Canker worm, palmer worm, caterpillar, all my great army which I sent among you. So in other words, when Israel walked away from God, they fell under the curse because they were under a different covenant. But he does even more now. If this is a better covenant built on better promises, he promises to restore years to us that have been eaten away and that and you see this throughout the bible look at look at caleb he was 80 years old in fact god told him he was old him and joshua said y'all old huh and caleb said i might be old but i'm well able to take this mountain (laughs) amen and he wasn't he wasn't uh in one of them chairs you know them funny chairs they get you well, that they're not funny, but if you need them, they're a help to you. But um, hover around all them old crazy stuff. And he wasn't on one of them in hurricane. All that stuff. He wasn't no hover around in hurricane, dude. When he talked about taking a mountain, he was able to climb. You understand what I'm saying? So he was well able to do it. Why? Because God, he says, so as your days, so shall your youth be. or Your strength will be as your days. You'll be just, we pray blessing of Moses. Your eyes will not be dim nor unnatural strength abated. You know, I've, I had a thing where I was, this happened to me before I was even in my 60s. I woke up and my eye, one, this one eye act like <laughs> it didn't want to open. I didn't want to focus. And I said, I... You are not dim. Straighten up. Before noon, that I was straight. You understand me? Because I'm not putting up with this nonsense. It's not according to God's word. Amen. No, the devil is not going to decrepit me and throw me over somewhere. We ain't having it. So as your days, so shall your strength be. He renews your youth like the eagles. Amen. I know when I was uh, speaking to um was Miss Polly was that the last night I walked with her? Um 
the Lord told me to confess over her, she shall run and not be weary. She shall walk a night faint. And the daughter posted the next day. She said, my parents are different. I just say, she said she was not feeling good at all before she went, but she made up her mind to go. She said, I can say this morning they are both different. They didn't even look different on that picture. Amen. Praise God. Well, that's the glory of God. It shows on your countenance what's on the inside. See, when your face, your face will always show what's going on, whether you want it to or not. You can put that little, you know how when you get around the saints, you be out there in the yard like that and you come there, you prop it up on one side. <laughs> your teeth get dry from holding it up there and you look like, like your dog growling. But, uh, <laughs> it ain't like that in God's presence. Amen. There's something in you, the fruit of the spirit. Are, are, have taken over on the inside of you and it begins to show on the outside of you. It, it reflects in your face. Amen. I remember when I worked in psychiatry, <laughs> worked there. <laughs> How many of you work here? How many of you patients? <laughs> oh, it's an old joke. It's an old joke. But <laughs> how many of you are both? <laughs> Praise God. But uh, see, I almost forgot what I was going to say. What was that? Oh, that was one of your assessments you did. When they said countenance, and you say flat, animated, out the zone, out the lunch, far out. You understand what I'm saying? But that's how you assess people. You look at how they look at you. Amen. If they never smile or they look dry or you got to coax a smile out of them, it's flat. <laughs> Jeez, y'all act like y'all. <laughs> you go, hey, <laughs> wake up. <laughs> you got to do that. We got problems. Well, they got a pill for that anyway. You know, 10 days they come back happy. Animated. Huh? Well, that's people do that anyway. Liquor will do it. Marijuana will do it, huh? Everybody's trying to correct their their appearance because it reflects what's on the inside of you. Amen. So you want to be appropriate, you know. That was what we had those those choices too. <laughs> appropriate would depend on who was looking at you, I guess. But anyway, you know, you could assess where people were. Um, depressed people always had a flat affect. Now, there's no excuse for that if you're a believer. you got fruit inside of you you can draw from anytime you want to. Amen? You just got to get your mind clear to start accepting it. So he says, I will restore to you years, not things. years that you've been ripped off so then god will extend your time here he will expend extend your youth in your time so that you can enjoy it he will extend your health in your time he will extend your finances in your time so you can enjoy it those years didn't go anywhere 
I don't care how many, of, I don't care if the devil's still, still eating them up. God has already set those aside for you to enjoy. When? <laughs> That's a good question. You have to ask him about that. Amen. But you can start now. You can enjoy the fruit of the spirit anytime. Amen. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be crazy. You don't have to be grief stricken, broken in heart. Jesus has already taken care of all of that for you. You got to learn how to tap into it. See, we sometimes you're getting too much attention from somebody. And that's why you carry that on for so long. You know, some people hold their families hostage to a, a sad countenance. You understand what I'm saying? You you start being a Christian now. You don't have to do that. You know, some some people put us up. I call it a welfare face. <laughs> you go down there and get in the welfare line. You, everybody angry down there. Ain't nobody. You go in there. Hallelujah! And they, you see all these daggers. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. We kill you, huh? Well, you don't have to put on that face for nobody. You can enjoy your life in God. You hear me? You don't have to impress nobody with how hard your life is. Come on, folks. Let's get over ourselves. If he's going to restore things to us, we got to be open to receive them. He says in verse 26, you shall eat in plenty, no lack. Amen. And be satisfied. Don't, that don't mean now you go gorge yourself and jump on the scale and say, I don't know, I just eat the wrong things. Uh, no. Just like me and everybody else, that is evidence you ate too much of everything that was right. I think you liked it. This is why you stayed so long at the table. Amen. So just cultivate the fruit of self-control a little bit more. God will help you. He says, you'll be satisfied. You'll eat in plenty. Be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God. He's dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. Problem in the body of Christ. Too much pride, too much shame. We think our confession, you know, really, God gave us understanding of his confession or the power of confession so that we could speak blessings over our own life and be guided by our words. So if you want better things in your life, you find out what the word says is yours and you start to declare that, not decree and declare, decree and declare, stop that, but declare over your own life what it is that you desire God to do. All you're doing is coming in agreement with what you're saying yes and amen to God by the power of your own confession. And God ministers over that. You have no power to bring it immediately to pass yourself. See, this will give you a little more confidence in speaking the word. Because I know what happens with many people, and it would happen with me many times. You begin to say something because it don't happen right away. You lose confidence in it. Well, you forget there's a minister between 
you down here on earth, them words you spoke, and the manifestation of it at the altar of God. See, Jesus grabbed your words, now he's ministering over them. You're not speaking anything into existence by the power of your own words. See, if you'll understand that, God, I'm giving you something to work with. I'm giving you your word back to you, and I'm expecting you to minister back to my life on my behalf in its season. This ain't no magic show. But see, many times we lose heart in our own confession because it don't happen sooner. Like you have power to bring it to pass, which you don't. You're letting your high priest handle things in your life. God, I'm speaking this word over my life because I need this to change. And I know you're going to do it in its season. Amen. Now, there are times when continually confessing, you can feel the Holy Spirit working right there and ministering over that word, especially if you're in pain. Little by little, that pain will come off of you. Amen. Because he's moving right then. So that's your appointed time to get pain free is sometimes when you're saying it. Sometimes you'll say it and you'll quit after a little bit of time and you go right back to it. Oh, God, I got this was working for me a little bit ago. I'm going to get right back on it again. You understand me? So we're not, you know, ignorant in these things. We know what it's about. But you got to give God his word to work with over your life on a daily basis, on a continual basis. So allow that word to get released from you're just uh, uh, standing on your covenant with God and declaring his word back to him so that he knows you're in agreement with what he wants you to do for you. Amen. You're establishing your agreement with him in that. So restoration of all things destroyed. That's in verse 25 or things that you thought were removed from your life permanently. They haven't gone anywhere. God has held those for you. And they are coming back to you. Amen. If he's got to create more, he'll create more. You know, some people want to be a hard sell. You know what I'm saying? I want exactly that. God will bring you something look just like it and you pass out. I thought it was gone. I just love you so much. Jesus, I'm so sorry. I was mean to you. Right. Don't fall out with God over stuff. Verse 27, you shall know that I am in the midst of my people. You're going to know that's me working. In other words, God is saying, and that I am the Lord, your God, none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. He says that twice. Keep trusting me. I know it's taken a long time. I know the devil's telling you you're stupid. I know he's telling you it'll never happen. But my people will never be ashamed. Amen. Never. You'll never be able to say, I was wrong. God never told me I was supposed to have that. He's told you. But, you know, shame will try to make you think you ain't supposed to have it. Amen. Shame always stands between us and the promises. In other words, get clothed. Shame is a sign of unrighteousness. Right? You Shame to your nakedness. Put on the garment. Put on righteousness. 
Put on praise and you won't be ashamed. You ever notice when you stand and worship God, everything that's wrong with you leaves you? Uh, we're supposed to live like that all the time, folks. He says, and it'll come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So this is the former and the latter together. The harvest comes. He pours out his spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. In other words, they will speak accurately into the realm of the spirit. Your old men shall, old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. On my servants and handmaidens in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth. Amen. And all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So this is a time of great salvation. It's a time of a great outpouring of the spirit and a great moving of spiritual power in the earth upon the people of God. On the handmaidens, men, servants, sons, daughters, everybody. It's going to fall on everybody. That's how... Um, this is how the uh, the power of God gets transferred uh, in in congregations. Um, that um, sister is a sister Annie that comes down here with um, Apostle. Yeah, she worked with Leroy Jenkins Ministry. She worked with him for like thirty years. Uh, and um, she's a highly anointed woman. She's but she worked with him as a handmaiden. Well, let me tell you the difference. People who are fivefold can carry the anointing to a large degree. But Leroy Jenkins was famous for he would find a person with faith to get healed in his, in his meetings. And he was good in wheelchair people. And so he would get somebody who was in a wheelchair and he would would get them pray for them and God would heal them. He put them back in the wheelchair and he'll call somebody out of the audience. He said, now push him around in that wheelchair and they push him around. He said, now go lay hands on this person over here. That's the handmaiden. They're just people out of the audience who submit themselves to authority and they'll get up and obey under the anointing. So that's how that happens. The handmaidens always get the overflow. Joan Geeson, who worked with Benny Hinn, she worked with Catherine Kuhlman as well. She's a handmaiden. She'll tell people, I don't, I'm not a minister. My husband's not. We got buses. They would charter airplanes and get people to Catherine Kuhlman's meetings. And so that's handmaiden stuff. That is not trying to be Benny. Her mantle fell on me. And I, they don't do that kind of stuff. Handmaidens wouldn't know what to do with a mantle if it fell on them. Except fold it up and put it in a closet. You understand what I'm saying? And so, it, it, but but that's how that anointing is transferred. It's like when we have our, our uh, uh, when we do our altar calls, everybody works at the altar It's a handmaiden and manservant because the anointing, they begin to understand how that happens and then it gets on them. And that's how it it's received in this dispensation. So, you know, that's why I don't let people, not a whole lot of people get up there because I can tell people don't know what to do when they come up there. 
And so I'd rather they just sat down and stayed out of the way because the first thing people want to do is pull over the cover cloths. Yeah, so they break out in strife because they think this is my opportunity to be a minister. When the best thing you can do is function as a handmaid. Just mind your business doing what you do and stay out of the way and stay out of your own head trying to be somebody. Then people, you can weed them out real quick like that. Get them up at the altar and see how crazy they get. And some of them get so hyped up in the anointing, they get stupid anyway and start manifesting. Or they get so ashamed, they go sit down somewhere. So you you have to really understand how the anointing works when it talks about who it will fall upon. So the handmaidens and the men servants receive of the anointing as well. And many times those people can pray for the sick and God will heal them under the believer's anointing. Amen. But that does not make them a fivefold ministry gift. In fact, you can do a whole lot work in your corner under this type of anointing than you'll ever do in a pulpit. Amen. With with less collateral damage. Preachers get in a whole lot of trouble sometimes just because of what God's holding them accountable for. So here we go. Um, that's Joel 23. We did Habakkuk, Zechariah. We're going to do Jeremiah 5. Let me see what he says. How am I doing time-wise? Don't tell me. No, tell me. Jeremiah, how many? Thank you. Jeremiah Chapter 5, I think I want that. Yeah. What What is it that can hold this up? I'm going to find out in a minute. But when it's corrected, it will flow again. Amen. So it's, this is why moves of God dry up and the Holy Spirit just leaves. Jeremiah 5 and verse 24 Starting in verse 24, neither say in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God that gives rain, both the former and the latter in his season. He reserves unto us the appointed weeks of harvest. Your iniquities have turned away these things and your sin has withholden good things from you. That's always true. I mean, there's never a a season where God's easy on sin. Now, you can see the power of God flowing in a place and being available to everybody. But trust me, that power is there to work good. And, And if it don't work repentance in you, then it'll chase you out of there. It says, for among my people are found wicked men. They lie in wait as he that set snares and set the trap and catch them. Amen. So the Lord in in verse 29, he says, shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? A wonderful and a terrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely. The priests bear rule by their means. And my people love to have it so. And what will you do in the end thereof? So there is a place in, in, in church where there's a lot of false stuff going on. People like it. You can't talk them out of it. And so when when God will skip over, though, he won't bring visitation on places like that. So in places where there's iniquity, hidden iniquity, 
and things that that are not right before God's eyes, sin can hold up a whole move of God. So it's best to let God deal with it because he will not shortchange those who really want him. He will not do it. And if he has to chase sin out of a place, he'll do that. And we just look at some empty chairs. But we'll see the move of God. Amen. And he'll begin to draw people who really, I mean, people can repent and get right. You know that. But some people don't want to. They like what they like. So he says there are places where they will like foolishness, you know. These young women leave because there ain't no men over here, and I don't know how I'm going to meet my husband, so bye-bye. You think you're going to meet him over there? Have at it. But I'd much rather meet Jesus, who's a good husband every day. Amen? I mean, it's just, amen? We love you, Poppy. We love all our husbands, but Jesus is the best husband ever, and he'll be your best wife ever. Amen? So tap into that. I liked what Apostle Barbara said. She said, why would God give a, you want a good man and you're not a good woman? Huh? Now that just cut it real quick, right? Amen. So, you know, but, but how many times have you heard that prepare yourself to be a good wife? Quit looking for a man and start preparing yourself. Ask God to prepare you to be a good wife. Amen. Yeah, some people just want to complain. They don't really want to. They don't want the answer. <laughs> when I get up in the morning sometimes and I'll look at, I'll ask the Lord, I say, God, I say, oh, okay, I see why now. <laughs> you know, just look in the mirror. You'll see why. Amen. My answer is always before me. Straighten up, Barb. Let's get it together. Amen. Hosea 6, verse 1 through 3. Let us return to the Lord. Amen. Come, let us return to the Lord. You know, people, just because you sit up in church every day looking mean at people, that don't mean God's with you. You got to return to him with your whole heart. He is a heart doctor. He wants to give us major surgery on our hearts, repair and fix them. You've been hurt. Everybody's been hurt. Welcome to the club. But I can tell you one thing. I'm either healed or on my way there. I'm on the road to healing. I'm not staying hurt. You know, you don't get any trophies for, you know, you're close up, Mr. DeMille. You, you, seriously, you know, you got to get in there and get what you need from God and decide you're going to be the healed of the Lord. You're going to walk on in wholeness. Amen. So Hosea 6, verse 1, come let us return to the Lord, for he is torn, but he will heal us. He is smitten, and he will bind us up. So whatever is broken in your life, God will fix, even if he broke it himself. Amen. It says, after two days will he revive us in the third day. He'll raise us up, and we'll let you know we're living in the third day dispensation of god's grace amen this is the third day so he has raised us up and we will live in his sight so this is the time to live in the sight of god and live in the presence of god then shall we know if we follow on to know the lord his going forth is prepared as the morning and he shall come unto us as the rain 
as the latter and the former rain into the earth. In other words, it's not going to be just a little bit here and a little bit there and a trickle here and a trickle there and a trickle and wait for 10 years and another trickle. No, he's going to come and flood it. Ask him. Ask him for the rain. Ask him for the former rain, the latter rain together. When we started this ministry, God started to show me the former and the latter rain together. And he started to put me around people who carried it. There wasn't many of them, just a handful. There were all kinds of people with the faith message, word of faith message. But to me, it was dry. It wasn't enough water there for me. I said, I know there's more because you can't just live off a dry confession. You know, people say things like, well, I started confessing the word and it took 10 years. I said, nah, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I think I want it sooner than that. And it wasn't that, that it wasn't working for them, but I knew there was more. There's some things you can't confess for 10 years. No, the devil comes in the church and snatches half the young people out and gets them to do anything he wants them to do. And we're going to confess something for 10 years. I don't think so. We need more. You got me? They need more. You need to ask God to hit them with it in the middle of the night and put a repentance on them so that they'll turn around and come back to God. They got no business out there in the world. And so there, there, there must be more. I look in the Bible and I see there's more. I look in the book of Acts, I see there's more. I look in the minor prophets and they promise more. They promise the former and the latter together before we even utter a thing, God's done it already. Amen. Because of of his promise to us. Not because we're so good and we lie on the couch and travail for eight hours. It's your expectation must be there for the right thing. And it has to be in the right season and in, in where God wants to pour it out on you. Everything has to sink and fit together. So God is doing that now. It's upon us even now, folks. Understand what he's doing. Appreciate what he's doing. Expect your portion of what he's doing because he can straighten these things up in a minute. You know, you got people in your house that you know have great potential in God. Ask God to bring them into line with his word. God, speak to them. Touch them. Make them know to repent from this known thing that keeps them from your glory and keeps them from receiving the goodness that you have. All of this stuff in the Bible, your vats will be filled with wine and oil and corn and, and, and wheat and everything in it. And you're, you got your land. You won't be uprooted. You mean to tell me you can't get your family into that? There's too much there for us not to be able to ask God. Ask him, God, how, how do we get this? How do I get this in my life? Haggai chapter 2 and verse 9, the glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former house. The glory is always receded by, preceded by a move of repentance and cleansing of hearts. If that's a daily practice for you, then keep doing it. Amen. Just keep doing it. He pe- preached, but and, and if God shows you something else, don't fight it. Just embrace it. Let him be in charge of that. 
He preached repentance and holiness. The second Pentecost plus as a 560 dwindled to 120. Don't let empty seats. I mean, we believe God to fill them up, but sometimes they empty first and then they fill up. You understand? So let God do this. It ain't your deodorant. It ain't Pastor Barr because she's so mean to everybody. They got devils. I'm mean to them. I'm real sorry. <laughs> mean to the devils. <laughs> and most I ignore. I ain't thinking about your devils. You can keep them if you want to. So he called for extreme obedience. So simple. Amen. Just get out of yourself. All Jesus says was go wait. And more than half of them couldn't do it. Gives you a clue for what's wrong with the church. Too many people jumping around talking, prophesying, going laying hands. If laying hands don't have power, they'll tell you jump, shout, jump around, spin around three times. Click your heels. Give me those ruby slippers. Verse 23 in Haggai chapter 2. Let me see if I can find that. I was going to cheat because I lost where it is. I don't have tabs on my, remember the Bible tabs we had a long time ago? I got to find this, brother. Come on, Haggai. See, y'all ain't helping me because I know you don't know where it is either. Y'all ought to be ashamed of yourself. I found him. Stop it. Two, the glory of God will fill the temple again. And he says, verse 20, again, the word of the Lord came to Haggai in the four and 20th day of the month, saying, speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake the heaven and the earth. And I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. If you believe God does it, you better look at what's happening now in this nation. And I will destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the heathen. And I will overthrow the chariots. Y'all need to read this every day. I mean, it'll help your prayers. It'll help your confidence in your prayers. And those that ride in them, the horses and their riders shall come down, every one by the sword of his brother. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, I will take the Osarubabel, my servant, son of Sheltiel, said the Lord, and will make you as a signet, for I have chosen you. Said those who are chosen of the Lord, he will make as a signet, that is a a seal and a sign of royal authority. In other words, he says you will have authority to such an extent that you will rule in every situation I put you in. Amen. Nothing will be impossible to the people of God. So there won't be any uh I don't know what to do and waiting for power and waiting for this and that. God will rule in those things. Amen. He says he'll make you like my my uh my ring that I sign. You know how they would pour hot wax and then put the ring down on it and seal it. He said that's what you everything will be signed, sealed and delivered to you. Nothing will be impossible with you. That word signet also means like the scales of a crocodile. They're placed so close together, nothing can penetrate them. Amen. That's why when they, you know, like they alligators and stuff, they hunt now for me. They just shoot them. They ain't going to wrestle with no alligators. Stand. What, are you, what else are you going to do? You can't cut its throat or something. Just shoot it. Get up. But that's the way our power will be sealed into us. 
in such a way that nothing will. The drug addict won't be impossible to us. The cancer patient won't be impossible to us. The the person that had the stroke won't be impossible to us because it'll be signed in royal seal that we have authority over all these things. Amen. So nothing will be impossible to this invincible army of God because God has said so, folks. So keep believing God. Thank him. Spend time worshiping God every day because it's worth it. Stand in his presence. Father, I thank you for your glory. I thank you, Lord, that your glory is covering all the earth. Let it descend upon me. Let me rest in it, Father. Let that be my dwelling place. Let that be my abode. Let that be my familiar territory. Thank you, Father for imparting it to me in my life in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Amen. Anybody need prayer? You can come on up.